Hello, and welcome to the Cosmic Cauldron with hosts Jamie and Charlotte, where we discuss spirituality, paganism, witchcraft, holistic lifestyles, and everything in between. So gather around the cauldron every Wednesday, where we brew up a new topic. Hello, and welcome back to the Cosmic Cauldron, Season 2, Episode 12. Now, today we're going to be talking about eclipses. And not all eclipses are the same. This particular eclipse is what you call a hybrid eclipse, and it only occurs once every decade and only a few times per century. And we have one coming up on April 20th, 2023. Yes. And, and this one actually does occur in Aries season. I know our previous episode was Aries season. But but this solar eclipse falling in Aries has some very particular meanings that we're going to be getting into a little bit later. I mean, that and working, you know, working magic through eclipses is is such a hot topic. It's it's a really divisive thing within the community. So we wanted to give this its very own episode. So this eclipse is a pretty unique one indeed. Um, It is a rare hybrid of a total eclipse and an annular eclipse. Now, total eclipses occur when the moon moves between the earth and the sun in perfect alignment where the moon covers the sun completely. Um, On earth, we'll be in the moon's shadow. And so we're like plunged into this eerie darkness for a minute or two. Whereas annular eclipses occur when the positioning of the three celestial bodies, the sun, the moon, the earth, is such that the moon appears just slightly smaller than the sun, resulting in that ring around it that you see, which is really cool. I think sometimes they call it like the ring of fire. Um, But for this upcoming eclipse, people in certain parts of the world will see a total eclipse. And while people in other parts of the world will see the annular eclipse, there's I guess no way to see both of them, which is kind of disappointing, but nonetheless, it doesn't take away from the effects that it's going to have on everyone, whether it's visible to you or not. Now, again, just a little bit of facts, because you guys know I love history and facts. There are between two and five solar eclipses every year. Um, And that is that data was taken from the 21st century. With only 3.1% or 7, 7 out of 224 of those eclipses being hybrid solar eclipses. So um, to go back even further, between 2000 BCE and 3000 CE, only 4.8% of solar eclipses were hybrid events. So pretty cool thing to experience, I think. And definitely in the season of Aries, I'm sure will not disappoint. Now, the last hybrid solar eclipse occurred on November 3rd, 2013. And I don't think I remember that was when I was just getting into this sort of thing. So I don't think that I was aware of that one. Um, That one was only visible in like central Africa, apparently. So, I mean, we wouldn't have been able to see it anyways, where we are, but yeah, so it's been 10 years, 10 years, almost 10 years since we've had one of these in the lovely sign of Aries, which really puts matters related to mm, all things Aries forward, you know, independence, self-assertion, courage, you know, even like making plans. So all about new beginnings. And I think Charlotte's going to tell us some more about that. 
Yeah, for this solar eclipse. Now, solar eclipses occur when it is a new moon. So they always align with the new moon, whereas the lunar eclipse always aligns with the full moon. But for this one in particular, in March 2023, we had a new moon in zero degrees Aries. And when this solar eclipse arrives, it is in 29 degrees Aries. Now, if you're familiar with astrology or degrees, you will recognize these as critical degrees. Now, what that means is these particular degrees have more significance in a natal chart or even when planets are moving through transits. These critical degrees are well, when it comes to zero degrees, this indicates a new beginning. And when it comes to 29 degrees, this is sort of a closing of the chapter. So to have a new moon in Aries and then have a solar eclipse in the same Aries season, that's big. It's a very big occurrence. So what needs to happen as, as far as applying this back to yourself or your practice is to really pay attention to like the themes that came up during the previous new moon, because it's likely when this solar eclipse occurs, you're going to be seeing those re-emerge. You know, we are in between two very potent points astrologically. Now, solar eclipses themselves, they're major astrological events or astronomical, you know, depending, depending which way we're going here. Now we went over what Aries means in our previous episode. So I won't be fully going over that here, but as we mentioned, Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. So this is the initiator as well as a very fiery energy with this occurrence, you know, right as the astrological new year has rolled in, we can expect to see very big changes. And it really is like that for most eclipse seasons. I I always tend to see really big shifts, particularly in the first eclipse season of the year. Um, for instance, like my my art style changed last year. Like the the way that I was doing things for my Instagram page changed dramatically during the first eclipse season of 2022. So I'm not really sure what this eclipse season has in store for me right now, but I am looking forward to it. I mean, I have some ideas. I, I, I do have some things that came up around that new moon that I have got my eye on. Now, one way to determine how this will affect you personally is to figure out where Aries falls in your chart. So what house does that govern? And this will provide you with what the themes are. When we air this episode, I'll make sure that we have something available for the houses so you can check and see where this lands in your chart and what those themes might be. I realize I have said eclipse season uh, a couple of times without actually explaining that, but it goes back to what I said about solar eclipses aligning with the new moon and lunar eclipses aligning with the full moon. These will always occur in pairs and there's roughly four eclipses per year. So two solar and two lunar. Now, granted, this is not, this doesn't occur that way every year, but it it has been for the past several years. And they typically occur in their opposite signs. However, this particular one being in Aries 
is an even more rare occurrence. So this solar eclipse will conclude with a lunar eclipse in the sign of Scorpio. So when you are pulling up your chart and figuring out where each of these goes, you will need to look at both Aries and Scorpio. Now, the Scorpio eclipse occurs on May 5th, and that will be in 14 degrees Scorpio. Pico de Mayo. Yes, <laughs> yes. And bonus, the solar eclipse is on 420. So, Oh, snap. It is, isn't it? <laughs> We're hitting all the holidays. So the universe is telling us to party. You know, that's what I'm hearing. Okay, just checking. <laughs> Um, so when I started my account, I did not realize that doing magic on a solar eclipse was such a divisive issue, but I quickly realized that there are some varying opinions. Now, I think for me personally, I'm just sort of used to chaos, um, and transformation. Like I, I feel like that's par for the course when it comes to my life. So I never even gave it a second thought. However, however, there are people who feel like this should be avoided at all costs. And a lot of that goes back to the historical thinking, because when eclipses used to occur in ancient civilizations, they didn't know what the hell this was. You know, you're just looking mm -hmm. up in the sky like, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yes. I mean, a lot of cultures felt like these eclipses were a sign of an angered God. And this isn't specific to one, but, but there were multiple cultures who, who felt that, you know, something they had done had really pissed the gods off. So this sort of thinking ha has continued to, to evolve and be applicable to, to certain traditions. But on the other side of that, you can use this energy for chaos, really, for chaos, transformation, change, new beginnings. And, you know, if you think about it, all of these characteristics really align with Aries. So they do. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. And I actually have some really fun stories at the end of this section about historical events um, around like eclipses that kind of ties into what you were just talking about. Um, that I think we'll have some fun with, but Ooh. it is definitely a time of, of new beginnings. I am feeling this very, very much myself. And like when you, it, it kind of struck me when you said that, like, you're even doing your art differently now, like Greg and I were having a conversation yesterday and I look at photos from, of me from even like a year ago. And it feels like a completely different person, which I'm not sure how much that has to do with this eclipse, but just saying that I'm very much um, becoming aware right now in this energy of how much has changed, how much I've changed, how much my life has changed. And I've been presented with some pretty amazing opportunities in the last couple of weeks that, you know, are some of the best opportunities that have come across my way in my life, you know? So yeah, definitely a pretty cool time to focus on shifting things for yourself and because like change can be hard, right? Like it was almost sort of difficult to look at those pictures of myself and think like, who was that girl? You know, like, what was I doing? What was I thinking? Like so much is different now and it can be bittersweet, I guess. So just recognizing that sometimes we have different phases in our lives. And I, <laughs> for, for lack of a better way to put this, I really feel like I've gone from like maid to matron in this last like year. 
you know? I see that. Um, and I've had trouble kind of accepting that. <laughs> <laughs> I think <sighs> we are at a, a very pivotal age because because even, you know, our we're we're now at our mid to later 30s and it's like finally that solidification of adulthood because you know even even in my 20s I damn sure didn't feel like an adult you know and and at times sometimes yeah. I'm still flying by the seat of my pants without like a real plan in place or or even even feeling you know like calling myself a, an adult like I could do so seriously <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know you're, you're starting to look around and like ah hell, I am the adult in this scenario. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. It's terrifying. Right. Yeah. It's like the responsibility finally sinks in and you're like, well, I'm, I'm never going to be young again. <laughs> you know, like this is it time to buckle down, you know? Yes. However, that said, I, I don't, I don't think I could ever completely buckle down. I think that there is always going to be like this wildness inside of me and this sense of adventure, but I I am approaching it in a slightly more methodical and adult way. So that going <laughs> for me. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I, you know, I feel like my life's finally coming together, like all the pieces coming together for the first time and, you know, whether or not you want to believe that has something to do with the cosmic events is up to, you know, the person listening, but I really feel like, like it does. Um, and so I've just been embracing it. I, for me, I have had too much of my life aligned with astrological events with scary, eerie accuracy. So of course, I'm a firm believer in this, but like Jamie was saying earlier with the opportunities that were coming up for her. So that is something that she's really going to have to focus on, you know, using her as an example for when this eclipse comes up, because there's likely going to be, if not another opportunity, some solidification, you know, in that, yeah, that's going to show her in this example, what she needs to do to carry forward. And it's going to be like that for all of us. So, you know, you just have to pay attention. What was happening around that new moon for you? That new moon in zero degrees Aries and pay attention for this solar eclipse. And it's very likely that you're going to see that there are some themes. Uh, they, they can be new opportunities, but at the same token, it can be things that you need to let go of. This could go either way. Yes, actually, um, I was trying to rack my brain to remember what we were doing um, last month on that moon. And we had just gotten home from spring break and the kids were actually away um, for the weekend. And we, Greg and I decided to make some really serious changes to our lifestyle and our marriage. So yeah, I would say like even more than I realized um, that was a very, very pivotal couple of days, um, yeah. in our lives together even. So yeah, like I didn't even realize, cause I was thinking about it. I was like, oh yeah, we did have that conversation. When was that? And it was exactly on, I think the evening of the 19th. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> I, I was dealing with something similar. So my husband better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh goodness yeah 
No, I am joking, but it did bring up certain, certain things for me. And clearly that has still been at the forefront of my mind. And I am waiting to see what this solar eclipse brings. Now, as far as performing magic during eclipse, like I said, divisive issue. So it, it really, you know, if you do not feel comfortable with it, don't just leave it. Like we've said so many times before, if it doesn't jive with you, you don't have to do it. It's really that simple. Um, but if it does, you can lean into that change, particularly because we are still under the Aries season. It's being at 29 degrees is so weird because the 29th degree of any sign is the last because it there, there is no 30 degree. It goes straight to zero degree. So the new moon is technically in Taurus. But if you are looking for things to do, I would really lean into that initiative side of Aries. Uh, again, Aries is a cardinal sign. These are these signs that put things in motion. These are the signs that are at the beginning of the season. And as such, they are what kicks things off. So you can really put an emphasis on new beginnings, uh, manifestations during this time, bringing new chapters into play. Uh, but at the same time, this is likely going to require some letting go. And if you just want to, to mix things up and to really lean into that chaos element, you can do that as well during this time. Because yes, I would agree that the energy can be considered chaotic. However, however, big shifts usually are. Yeah. So kind of tying into that, you know, it's some people say that eclipses are a time to hide things or conceal things. You know, it's a time when you're in the shadows, you know, and even if we look at history and historical things that have happened, you know, moments in time, events in history, it, that really comes to life. <laughs> and so, but I feel like there's always two sides of this coin. So to kind of follow up on what you were just saying is I think the solar eclipse is either an opportunity to punctuate the change that you're making or to perhaps, you know, lean into the chaos a bit more and, you know, say, fuck it all and, you know, throw the papers to the wind and just dig your heels even deeper into what, you know, probably isn't working. So, <laughs> and I think historically we can see this kind of has gone both ways as well. Um, and, you know, personally, I'm trying to dig into the shifting of changes, positive aspect of this a bit more, but I found some interesting uh, moments in history that I want to mention here because I think that's pretty cool to look back at the, the proof of, you know, the energy that these eclipses can embody. So I'm going to start with a little story about Christopher Columbus. Now, we all have our opinions on Christopher Columbus. This is not a story, you know, vilifying him or, you know, putting him on a pedestal. So he was traveling with his men um, in, you know, a boat. <laughs> and he got marooned on the northern coast of Jamaica in the West Indies. Now, these inhabitants of these islands were supplying them with food and supplies and things until they realized that the crewmen were stealing from them. And then they turned on him, you know, no surprise. So 
Columbus had an idea. He realized that a lunar eclipse was coming up on February 29th, 1504. And knowing this, three days before, he threatened the Jamaicans that he would take the moon away if they did not cooperate with his expedition. So he wrote that by the end of it, the moon will have just begun to return. And it must have been two and a half hours after sunset, he says. This angry moon frightened the Jamaicans and they begged him to bring back the moon. And the explorer stepped aside and began to pretend like he was praying. And as the moon came back and emerged, you know, from the shadows, the grateful Jamaicans cheered and hurried away to bring food for the ill and starving men. So he basically conned them that little using shit. an astrological event um into getting what he needed now whether you want to call that genius or um, evil genius you know sure yeah evil <laughs> genius that is up to you um but i thought it was an interesting story nonetheless yes yes that is now another interesting story is about ben franklin now ben franklin is obviously another like inventive genius you know um he was very interested in astronomy. And so he was very eager to view the eclipse that was happening on November 1st, 1743, which was supposed to be a total eclipse of the moon. And it was supposed to be visible from his home city of Philadelphia. Now, it was supposed to happen at just after nine o'clock in the evening and it was going to last an unusually long 100 minutes which I thought was crazy. I don't think I've heard of an eclipse lasting that long. But unfortunately for him, um, some weather rolled in, what you would call a nor'easter, I suppose, um, or possibly the remnants of a hurricane, blew in just before the eclipse got underway. I mean, clouds, heavy rain, wind, all of it. And sometime later, he received a letter from Boston saying that, hey, we were able to view it over here and he realized, okay, if they could view it in Boston, but I couldn't view it in Philadelphia, they didn't have the weather, but I had the weather. That's very weird, right? So for Ben Franklin, what was supposed to just be a fun night of observing an eclipse for, you know, someone interested in astronomy, it actually turned into a learning opportunity where he then spent the next few months kind of watching weather patterns and I don't know why I said it like that weather patterns <laughs> I, <laughs> my, my, my Boston <laughs> I was like that that's quite the accent there <laughs> patterns I've never heard you say it like that <laughs> yeah I don't know why I said it like that but you know he was able to observe the way the storms were moving from the coastline and he actually later would go on to write a treatise on the behavior of coastal storms along the Atlantic seaboard so you know, it, it turned out to be something that we could all learn from. Now, the next story is also equally as cool if you're kind of a science nerd. In 1919, a total solar eclipse gave the United States an opportunity to test Einstein's theory of general relativity. So the theory of general relativity states that massive objects like planets can cause distortion in space and time um, that is experienced as gravity. As scientists watched the May 29th, 1919 total solar eclipse off the western coast of Africa, 
They were actually able to measure the locations of stars near the solar event, calculating, you know, warping of time, space, and all that caused by the sun's mass, which ended up actually proving Einstein's theory of general relativity correct and helped to make him a household name. So this one was a bit of a uh, peace bringer event. So in the spring of 585 BCE, there were two factions battling over land in what is now known as modern day Turkey when a total eclipse stopped them dead in their tracks. So this relates to what you were saying earlier about how ancient peoples had no fucking clue what an eclipse was. And it was one of those like earth shattering, you know, pivotal lifetime moments for these people. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine not having any idea? Because a a lot of the eclipses, they don't necessarily occur in an area that's visible to you. So while they occur, you know, multiple times a year, you might miss it. So, you know, just to be sitting out there and you see the sun disappear. Yeah. 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 I get it. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty, pretty crazy to think about. Um, I think I would have personally been terrified and as superstitious as I tend to be, I think I would have been the one of the ones freaking out. (laughs) I would have shit my pants. No, if if I had no idea what was happening, like, oh no, this is the end of times. This is it. Yeah, this is it. The gods have spoken. We fucked up. We, we fucked, we fucked up. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the Lydians and the Medes, I'm probably butchering that, but they had been fighting for over 10 years over this land when the total solar eclipse caused them to completely stop fighting in the middle of battle. So according to accounts from the ancient Greek historian Herodotus, Herodotus. Herodotus. We're just Girl, gonna leave don't it that. ask me. Don't ask me. <laughs> well, he was born in modern day Turkey, and he. Um, yeah, according to the accounts from the ancient Greek historian Herodotus, who was born in the Persian Empire of modern day Turkey. Now the enemies interpreted this eclipse as an omen to end their warring ways. And so they did immediately. And now the eclipse that, that eclipse event is known as the eclipse of fails tales, probably also butchering that after the philosopher who supposedly predicted it independent of the battle, referring to the prediction, the first ever first ever for Western scientists Science writer Isaac Asimov called the date of this eclipse the birth of science. Some historians, though, have suggested that in compiling his histories, Herodotus might have confused the solar eclipse of 585 BCE with one or two of the lunar eclipses that occurred in the same region. But nonetheless, it's pretty amazing to think that people who had been literally fighting for 10 years just immediately stepped back and was like, nah, dog. (laughs) Like, no (laughs) the same for me the same for me I don't I don't I don't want this (laughs) yeah like it's just that it gives me chill bumps like to think about how just what a defining moment that must have been for them I wish it still worked that way can you imagine oh my god I know right (sighs) (laughs) knowledge is power but also takes the fun away I don't know yeah 
I, I would love that. I'd love for, for certain things, you know, occurring now for an eclipse to, to come and solve it all. Like, see, see, fuck around and find out guys. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Like, especially with everything in the news right now, like just this morning watching the news um, of a prominent ex-president who is now actually going to turn himself into authorities for his indictments yes. that, you know, is like, wow, what's going to happen over the next few weeks with that? I'm sure might be capped off by this eclipse. We'll have to see. I'm pretty curious. I am definitely curious. Yeah, absolutely. And so to move us into the last segment of this episode, do you want to segue us into some magic for April? Can you hear my stomach growl? Was that what that was? That's what that was. I'm hungry. (laughs) Oh, well, let's get through this episode so Charlotte can get a snack. Yes, I need some breakfast. Um, (laughs) Yes, I would love to lead us into some April magic. Yes. So we have headed on into April. We are past April 1st, April Fool's Day, but the month of April, much like Aries season or or any month um, out of the year, has its own particular essence. So I know that we've said this in several other episodes, but still we're in the beginning portion of the year. So with that, there is an emphasis on cleaning things out, letting things go, starting those new chapters. You know, we've we've already covered the how this pertains to the eclipse season as well as Aries season, but you know, it's still much in effect. So this can be a time of clearing out your house, smoke cleansing, spring cleaning. Uh, there is still an emphasis in April on growth and renewal. And one of my personal favorite things to do in April, uh, which I have been doing uh, probably for at least a month now, really is getting my garden started, getting everything prepared. And I have been focusing on planting my garden. Of course, you know, I have my vegetables and I have my herbs started, uh, I've got my tropical plants that I'm really doing my very best not to kill. But the the act of gardening is, to me, it goes hand in hand with my practice. I know that's not the same for everybody, but it really allows me to ground myself for one. I have, I have if I'm having a bad day, just going out there and getting my hands in that dirt, my whole, whole concept of my day and my life just shifts. So if you do garden, I would highly recommend using this time to literally start planting seeds and get that going. Uh, it allows you to, one, connect with the earth, get outside, get some vitamin D. And, you know, if you're using these materials and spell work, which I do, it allows you a connection with them from inception. You know, I don't always start with seeds, but... You know, I'm I'm known to run over to the big box store and grab the the little seedlings, and even then, even then, you foster a relationship with the materials that you're using. And the other thing is just simply grounding. You know, we've we've mentioned on here times before. You know, going outside barefoot and really connecting with the earth. Same thing works with your hands. As long as you have a connection with the earth, that that is a method of grounding yourself. 
you know, it's, it's so fascinating to me how the universe just made everything so perfect, right? It's like we have this fiery Aries energy in the spring when most of us are doing our planting and we're getting outside again and we're having more of these opportunities to ground because, you know, the weather is permitting for it. So it's just kind of perfect how that aligns, how you can really ground into this fire energy because it can be, it can be pretty crazy, you know, in this airy season and things can get a little out of control. And I think even more so this time of year, you really need that kind of grounding. I am so glad you mentioned that because yes, while we sort of focused on the positives of Aries season, even though, even though we give you this sort of full scope in terms of strengths and weaknesses, uh, Aries can be a really volatile season. Like you can be quicker to anger. I've noticed that in myself. Like I've had to be like, uh, okay, Charlotte, you, you might need to calm down. Just, 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 just tone it down a smidge. So <laughs> Yes. So grounding really helps there. Uh, the other emphasis here is manifestations and intention settings. And using this eclipse season really can kick that off for you, particularly if you set intentions during the new moon in Aries back in March. So, but even if you didn't, it is still okay to, to set your intentions and Aside from that, just sort of focus on what's coming up for you as well. You know, I will say right now, I've definitely noticed the opportunities around being more assertive and establishing more boundaries and really like advocating for myself. There's a huge theme of that right now. And while that's my own personal journey, I do always like to think that, you know, everything's connected and it ties into the collective. So, um, you know, those are some things to probably look out for right now. You know, where can you be standing up for yourself more? Where can you let yourself confidence shine? You know, the the skills and the and the talents and experiences that brought you to this moment. How can you really use those um, in a way that showcases, you know, what you have to offer? Ooh, yeah, I I'm really glad that you mentioned that as well, because while it can be a volatile energy, Aries is all about standing up for yourself. So it's not all bad. Um, I do recommend, you know, some some temperance here. Um, but but if there has been, you know, any struggle in voicing your opinion or taking up your space or really standing up for yourself, this is an excellent time to lean into that energy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and while maintaining balance, you know, working on balance and um, really leaning into to change and self-reliance, you know, and, and avoiding like selfishness and that sort of thing. You don't, you don't want to be too overbearing with that energy. Like Charlotte said, you want to be careful of that. Don't be stubborn, um, but do focus on, on manifestation and breaking through any kind of blocks that you have in front of you. Yes, that is something that that Aries energy is great for. They are, you know, like like I've said, they're great initiators. But aside from that, they they go full speed ahead. They really, really capitalize on that ram energy. So they will ram any blockages straight out the way. So, <laughs> so 
to end this episode, I wanted to go over a really fun little spell that I learned about that I think is perfect for this time frame. And it's called the angry egg spell. Now, this is from a Pathios article written by Rachel Patterson. So we want to make sure to mention that she is the original author of this um, of this spell, at least for this article. Now, this spell isn't a spell to make eggs angry, which is what Charlotte asked me when I told her I had a really fun angry egg spell. <laughs> yes. Why are we making eggs angry? Well, <laughs> Not really, although it could be fun if you drew a little angry face on the egg and we'll get to to why that would be fun and even, you know, add something to the spell get, that get she some, doesn't put here. Get some googly eyes and draw some angry uh, eyebrows on them. Yeah. Angry eyebrows. Make- yeah. Guys, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. That would be great. Yeah, <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> but this spell is to help you release any anger and frustration that sometimes we find ourselves hanging on to. So change, transformation, you know, advocating for ourselves can be a very emotional process, you know, especially if you're not someone that's used to advocating for yourself or used to being recognized for what you have to offer. Um, it there can, there can be a lot that just comes up with that. And so um, this egg spell can help you kind of release that energy and come back to a place of like stillness and peace where you can put your best foot forward. So what you're going to need for this is a candle for anger and frustration. Um, I recommend black or any kind of dark color, a candle for self-worth and self-esteem. This can be like pink or yellow. And then a candle for inner peace and clarity. I would use white or pale blue for this one. And then, of course, you need an egg. And then any kind of embellishments you want to add to your egg, um, we are adding to this egg spell. Sharpie marker, googly eyes, you know, um, like, you know, little puff balls for noses or something, you know, whatever you want to do, whatever you have on hand, decorate your egg. And you can work this spell indoors, but you're going to need access to outside um, somewhere that you don't mind being splattered with raw egg. Or if you're limited on space, you can do it indoors by like throwing the egg into the sink. Okay. So what you want to do is you light your black candle and you want to hold your egg with your fingers wrapped around the pointier end of the egg, the stronger end. And you want to focus on the black candle flame. And visualize all of your anger, frustration, all of that negative vibes, all of it just flowing into the egg and being trapped inside of this egg. And take as much time you need, you know, you can do some breathing exercises, whatever, but imagine all of that. And when you're done, you just throw that freaking egg as hard as you can into something, you know, like a concrete wall, a patio, whatever, just chunk that thing. And you just yell something, you know, like, you know, anger and frustration, leave me now, whatever feels appropriate for you, scream, shout, let it all out. (laughs) Just uh, make sure you're throwing it at an inanimate object and and not the person that may or may not be causing your frustrations. No bonus (laughs) points for throwing it at the person. Okay. That's not allowed in this assignment. But once you've thrown your egg, you want to stand for a moment and allow those emotions to kind of fade and calm down a little bit. Take some deep breaths 
And then you can say something like, I release this anger and the pain and I see the end of the frustration rain, you know, a little jingle if you want to, whatever feels right for you. And then you extinguish that black candle. And once you are feeling calmer, you're going to light your candle for self-worth and light your candle for inner peace and clarity. And you can gaze at those flames for a little while by while also saying something else positive, you know. You can write your own little jingle. She has one here. May the anger now be gone, the frustration and fear at an end. Calm peace and self-worth to mend. I trust the anger to never return. Allow the two candles to burn out and you're done. I love that. I just saw this this morning and I, I really love how she created this egg spell to release anger. Egg spells are wonderful for this time of year. I know we've moved past austera, but they're really useful in, in a multitude of things and really, you know, in line with this season. Uh, another common egg spell are egg cleansings and curse breakings, you know, because eggs themselves are porous and it's, it's why you have to keep them in enclosed containers in your fridge because they're so porous and susceptible to outside smells, but also outside energies. So there's the egg cleansing, which can be used to absorb anger, but it can also be used to break curses and things like that. And that method requires rubbing the egg all over your body. But aside from that, Another use of eggshells during this time is in your garden. Yep, that's true. Yes, they make great compost and additions to the soil. And they eggs themselves have correspondences with protection as well. So when I'm adding it into my garden, it's, it's with a very specific intention. But I also use them in other spells or to make uh, black salt with ashes and salt and eggshells all ground together. And I use that for protection as well. So there's a, a lot of ways that you can incorporate eggs in your practice during this time. Absolutely. So that concludes our episode. We hope that you have enjoyed this conversation on eclipses, this current one, ones in the past, as well as different things that you can do for the month of April. We will have graphics that correspond with this episode as always. I will also have a an article releasing on my Pathios uh, that corresponds with this particular eclipse and ways to use it. And of course, as soon as that goes live, we will post it up to our stories. You can follow us over at our Instagram if you are not already at Cosmic Cauldron Podcast. And if you haven't already, go ahead and leave us a review either on Spotify or Apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast. It really helps us out and share us when you can. So until next time, blessed be. Peace out. Peace out.